I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land's recruiting-centric podcast to the dotted line. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to Ohio State and national recruiting experts, LGHL's own recruiting analysts, and even recruits themselves. On today's episode, I am joined by Chris Rennie, the host of the Buck Off podcast right here in the Land Grant Holy Land podcast feed. Chris, how are you, man? Doing good. Doing good, Matt. Uh, it's good to be back on a show with you. I know we've taken yeah. some time apart as you've gotten the dotted line rolling, <laughs> but I'm glad, yeah, well, glad you're welcoming me back. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're talking to you today and happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. This is coming out on Monday, July 5th, although it's being recorded on Saturday, July 3rd. And we'll get into that time difference here in a second. But I wanted to talk to you because on Friday night, you went out to Miracosta High School in Southern California to watch what I I, I, I am assuming. I think I, I understand this. It was partially the Elite 11 quarterback camp as well as partially the finals for the opening. Do I have that right, how those two things work together? Yeah, so I was uh, under the impression I was going to see like just the Elite 11 finals, and I got there, and I saw the opening branding. So I went on the website. It's the opening and the Elite 11 finals, so they're doing the 7-on-7 seven -seven tournament. They're doing some other stuff for position players who aren't wide receivers as well and like skill players. So it's a big recruiting weekend for a lot of people. I mean... It was like a who's who of like college football experts, mm -hmm. and we had a land grant Holy Land guy there, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, Miracosta High School is beautiful. It's in uh, the South Bay area in California. If you guys haven't come out here, good place to visit. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a great day though. I think uh, when you put it into perspective of the level of high school talent that was there, I mean, yeah. you you just saw the kids. You saw all from C.J. Hicks to Quinn Ewers to Kay Klubnick, to all these names you just keep seeing pop up on your Twitter feed every day. They're all in one place right now. And yeah. it was just an unbelievable experience to be able to watch that level of talent compete. Yeah, we'll get into all of the details on that. You mentioned C.J. Hicks and Quinn Ewers. Another Ohio State commit, Kion Grays, was also there. And former OSU commit, Dasson McCullough, who flipped his commitment to Indiana when his, you know, shortly after his father joined the staff and his two brothers transferred there. We're going to talk about all of those guys, but I did want to mention, since we are rec recording on Saturday, July 3rd, we are recording about 22 hours before JT Tuomaloal uh, announces his commitment of where he will be playing on CBS Sports HQ. So we don't know where he's going. I mean, we hope that it's Ohio State, um, but we don't exactly know at this point. So 
we will have a podcast probably out right before this one that that talks specifically about that commitment. Um, so we're not ignoring it. It just hasn't happened yet by the time we're recording. But I wanted to get that out there uh, so people didn't think that we were crazy by not mentioning the biggest recruiting thing happening uh, on a on a recruiting show. But um, all right, Chris, so you went out there specifically to watch Quinn Ewers. And it's interesting because he went in as the number one rated player in the country. He has a perfect 1.000 rating um, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. However, going into uh, the weekend on Saturday, this is coming out after the uh, sessions that you saw, he was rated as the fourth best quarterback at Elite 11 based off of their performance there alone. He was behind um, uh, Cade Klubnik, who you mentioned, who is a Clemson commit. He was also behind Devin Brown, who is a USC commit, and then Connor Wegman, who is a Texas A&M commit. It sounds like Quinn had a rough first day, but has been kind of getting things figured out from there. It was a little interesting, I know, from talking to you yesterday that he didn't get out there and start throwing until later in the session than you anticipated him uh, anticipated him doing. Yeah, so it was actually pretty interesting. Uh, the way they had it set up, there was four teams, I believe. Uh, there is, I think it, there's 11 quarterbacks there, so uh, that's a lot more quarterbacks and teams. So they kind of were able to rotate in and out guys. I think there was two to three quarterbacks uh, team. And, you know, seeing Weigman throw, seeing Klubnik throw a little bit before Quinn, I really got to kind of get the bar set for me on how good some of these top performers were performing. Yeah, absolutely. And it ended up being like a really nice thing because I, I saw Quinn was struggling. I was reading all the same stuff you guys were reading, and I kind of was blessed to have an opportunity to go see it in person, get it live in front of me. And Quinn, to me, seems like a recruit that as the competition level rises, as he gets more comfortable with his surroundings, his game elevates because what I saw last night was effortless. It was exactly what you've read about. It was exactly all that stuff. He was hitting 15-yard out routes. He was hitting deep balls to Keon Gray's, I mean, or Kion Gray's, apologies. Uh, it was really, he was throwing the ball over the field. I got some notes here. Uh, I, I actually posted the video of one of his, it was like his third throw of the live seven on seven period. And it was. Oh, was know, that the deep bomb? Yeah. Uh, the touchdown? Yeah. It was that, that was like impressive. 50 yard bomb he uncorked. And that was pretty much coming off two hours of sitting around. So if that really puts into perspective how he was throwing the football around, I think, you know, seeing guys like Drew Waller there who are also big arm guys, seeing Malik Murphy there, a lot of the other big arm guys were kind of struggling as well to kind of get comfortable with that touch and intermediate throws. But what I saw from Quinn was once it looked like he locked in, once it looked like he got a little comfortable, uh, the dude didn't miss. What's interesting is I listened to the Athletics Ohio State podcast 4-6 to six with A&B with uh, Bill Danis and Ari Wasserman, and Ari was there at Elite 11 as well. Their podcast came out on, on Wednesday before all of the activities started. But he said he wanted to go and see what the hype was about Quinn Ewers. He said, how can he possibly be so significantly better? And it was just by decimals, by the rankings, but he's this perfect quarterback, better than Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields were. I um, mean, he wanted to see just what he was all about. And he said on Twitter on Friday last night, um, but while we're recording, he said that he absolutely is just completely effortless effortless like you said he makes all the throws he does all those things so while Ari went in a little skeptical about how he could actually be that good um he he definitely delivers even if he's not necessarily like 
had he doesn't look like Tom Brady out there. Um, it's still a pretty impressive thing. So you saw him, you know, kind of get comfortable. He was effortless. You talked about this 50-yard bomb he did, but as a former football player, a college football player yourself, what did you see from him that you think will translate well from these seven-on-seven things, these drills you saw, to actual football games? What were the skills that he had that should get Ohio State fans excited? Well, yeah, I think there's two things with camp settings that you kind of have to take into account. The first one is you're not playing with kids you're used to playing with all the time. So it's going to take some of that learning curve to get comfortable with the guys. But I think once you see what he did yesterday well, I think the way he was able to touch all parts of the field, the way he was able to put it in positions, because now granted it's seven on seven, so there's not really technically kill shots, but one thing I thought Quinn did really well was throw the ball to places that wouldn't get his receiver hurt in like an actual game situation. I know a lot of quarterbacks kind of take a few more risks when there's not pads on, but it still felt like you could see his thought process with the way he was kind of throwing the football. And I think a lot of receivers would be very happy with that. The other thing I saw was, you know, he's really, he effortlessly throws receivers open. You know, I think one thing a lot of quarterbacks do uh, when they're younger or wait for the window to throw into, he's a guy who just naturally has a feel for the game of football and he just throws with so much anticipation. So when a receiver snapping out on a 15-yard comeback or a 10-yard out, he is getting the ball immediately. And that's something that goes a long way. It's going to places it needs to go. I know there was one throw yesterday. It was in his uh, second or third series in his game. He threw a 15-yard out over the cover two defender that dropped in over and kept him from getting hit by the safety if it was a real game. And it was just one of those throws in particular that doesn't have the same wow factor that that deep post did or that that fade across like the field on the on another series had. But it just was one of those impressive throws. Those are the throws that quarterbacks make that make them different. If you could hit those throws over yeah. and over again while doing everything else, it's one of those things that you can't teach. And there was only two or three quarterbacks out there who were doing that. But this is where it comes in. Quinn just looks so different doing it. You could see the effort and everything else. This guy's whipping a sidearm throw 25 yards, and it's got no business being that easy. Yeah, and from your opinion, having seen now C.J. Stroud, Kyle McCord, Jack Miller play in the spring game, um, at at Ohio State a few months ago, a lot of people are expecting that when Quinn Ewers gets on campus, he's the default starting quarterback. I tend to not think that will necessarily be the case. I think he will certainly compete, but I think that um, whoever starts this year, which is likely to be C.J. Stroud, probably will have a significant edge going in to the 2022 season. But seeing what you saw in the spring game, seeing Quinn on the field, live and in person on Friday night. How do you think he stacks up with those guys that are already on campus? So, I mean, I think this is interesting because I think CJ Stroud had a very similar level of performance to what Cade Klubnik's doing at Elite 11 right now, where he wasn't really like yeah. the most notable name coming in, but every time he got better throughout the week, he made every single throw. Uh, you know, the difference is I think K uh, Quinn is coming in with such high expectations that I think a lot of people forget that he still has a long way to go on the learning side of playing quarterback. Uh, that's where C.J. Stroud next year when Quinn gets there is going to have the edge up. And we have to remember that the guys in the room are also elite 11 guys. They're also 
high four-star, five-star recruits. They're also guys who were in similar positions. Yes, they didn't have the thousand composite rating, but it's it's quarterback play. It takes time to get the experience. It takes time to understand the playbook. Yes, all the physical talent in the world, you could have it, which Quinn does, but there's a long way to go in learning how to play quarterback at the level you need to to be 100% successful at Ohio State. Think about Trevor Lawrence as an example. Think about Justin Fields as an example. They did not come in and start right away. They earned it. They beat guys out on the field. But I'm going to tell you, at Clemson, Kelly Bryant wasn't C.J. Stroud as a recruit. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jake Fromm was also an Elite 11 guy. Jake, Justin Fields didn't beat him out immediately. It's a tough gig. I mean, it's high-level competition. That's exactly what you want. That's what Quinn Ewers wants. And if Quinn Ewers does beat C.J. Stroud out, he 1,000% earned it because he's going to be an incumbent starter. Totally. And yeah. that would mean two things, that Quinn Ewers is even better than advertised, I'd say, and that, I mean, he did everything right in the offseason to get to that point to start. So I, I don't think it – I think C.J. Stroud should, will, or whoever, I guess, Kyle McCord's still in the competition. Uh, whoever ends up starting, uh, I think they'll hold on to the job. because I Just because he's got all the natural abilities, some of the stuff I saw yesterday – uh, he, he's still got a long way to go to learn how to be a quarterback. All the skills there, all that's there, but being a quarterback's different than being able to throw from different arm slots and have all the arm strength in the world, as we've seen with a lot of recruits. Yeah, and one of the things that people most often note about Quinn Ewers is how he throw makes a bunch of different throws. The ball comes out from different arm angles. He doesn't necessarily always have to be um, stationary and flat-footed to make a throw. He is throwing on the run, things like that. How much of that did you see uh, on Friday night during the seven-on-seven and the drills and stuff like that? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, you just go online and just look through all the videos everyone's taken. The guy is able to throw from everywhere. In his seven-on-seven period, I, I mean, he's throwing sidearm, he was throwing sidearm. He was throwing the full range. You know, I, I saw a lot of it, I guess, would be the short answer there. Like, he is a guy. He likes to mix it up. He likes to show off all his angles, all his abilities. And it really did show. It was, And it's as effortless as it looks. I, I just think when you type in Quinn Ewers and you want to synonym to what he does, it's effortless. That's what it is. Uh, the sidearm throws, I mean, it's just as impressive as when he's getting back and throwing it. And that's... That's where you see the difference between him and all the other quarterbacks is the effortlessness going to different arm angles, the effortlessness when his feet aren't set. That's the difference. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, like we said, this was not just the Elite 11 camp. You were also there for the opening finals. And we mentioned that CJ Hicks, Kion Grays were there. Um, as well as Dasson McCullough. Um, what did you see from C.J. Hicks? I know he kind of blew you away a little bit on Friday night. All right. I, I, I just have to be honest here. I, I've loved C.J. Hicks as a recruit since he first committed to Ohio of State. Course. But yesterday, I I think this guy might be my favorite Ohio State recruit <laughs> in the like since of I've all time. Been, not all, like maybe of all time. I'm not even kidding. Like 
I, I saw him trash talking this other team the whole game. So one of the there was two fields they were playing on. One of the fields I was field level. I was like 15 feet away from the kids playing, and CJ Hicks's mouth did not stop churning <laughs> the entire time. But he backed up every single ounce of the trash talk to the point uh, the other team was walking off, and I'm hearing these other five star, four star recruits talking, and he said. One guy trash talked him. He's like, I'm a five-star. And then CJ Hicks chirped back, and he's like, I'm a five-star too, if you couldn't tell. And after just <laughs> obliterating the team. And I'm just like, this kid is unbelievable. And the very next game, uh, it was uh, against another team. The quarterback was struggling a little bit. And CJ Hicks, this guy, threw an out route, missed him, and the angle route from the running back was wide open in the middle. And he said, hey, when we run this defense, you should throw it to that guy. That's what he said to the quarterback. I'm like, Yep, this kid is telling a quarterback how That's to read hilarious. the defense he's playing. This is this is next level stuff. But outside of that, I mean, just the way he moves around, he's one of those guys on the defensive side of the ball you immediately notice. He's just a he he's not the biggest linebacker. He wasn't the biggest linebacker there. That might also be in part because he was next to Dawson McCullough. But it, it, he was just a he's just a guy who was all over the place. He was making plays. He was covering slot receivers. He was covering running backs really well. When I when I my one takeaway from the camp was like this guy might be better than his recruiting ranking shows and wow. I I don't say that a lot but he he was the I I was impressed with Quinn but he was the guy I was most impressed with just the way he carried himself with so much confidence and backed it up he was not scared of the challenge of anybody I feel like if one of the coaches said hey go cover this top tier one hundred receiver he'd be like let's do it and that's the type of attitude I saw from him in person. And I don't think a lot of people are talking about that enough. We see it online, the Captain Buckeye stuff, but he's really backing it up. And the pride he takes the field with, with that attitude, with his ranking, with everything, he's proving everyone. Like, you know, a lot of people get the ranking and kind of take a back seat and just kind of have fun with it. He wants to show everyone why he has the ranking he has. Yeah, I will mention, I'll I'll jump in here before I ask my next question. Um, uh, While we were talking, Elite 11 did um, announce that Cade Klubnik um, was the Elite 11 MVP this year. So it will not be back to back for Ohio State with CJ Stroud and then Quinn Ewers. Um, I don't know that they do rankings after that, although um, 24-7 Sports does does their own rankings and stuff. So we'll see how Quinn Ewers improved his standing on Saturday. But it seems like uh, with his struggles on Wednesday, he kind of got himself behind the eight ball, but congratulations, um, to Cade. That's the last time I will ever congratulate him because by the time he gets to Clemson, I will absolutely despise everything that he is and stands for. He, he was, he was an impressive kid. And as much as I hate giving the Tigers credit, they did a good job of evaluating a guy who was a little bit unheralded. And he he has shown in the recruiting and the camps and all that stuff that he is a guy who's going to keep climbing. Yeah, and he he goes to uh, Austin Westlake High School, um, and they beat Quinn Ewers um, and Southlake Carroll High School in the Texas State Finals uh, for the state championship this past season. So um, Quinn and Cade know each other very well, and. Hopefully, um, if those they match up in uh, in college at any point, Quinn comes out on top of that one. Yeah, but I think we'll see them again in Texas next year. Could be very well. Could be well. All right, so let's get back to the linebacker conversation. You mentioned C.J. Hicks. You said he you saw him next to Dasson McCullough a lot. Dasson McCullough is no longer a Buckeye, um, but you tweeted about kind of watching them together and being a little bit. Uh, I don't remember what you said, like 
frustrating or disappointing or sad or whatever um, that that's probably the only time you're going to see them play next to each other unless they end up on the same team in the NFL. And both of those guys responded. You didn't at either of them. You didn't add either of them. Don't like to do that with recruits. Yeah, totally. You didn't add either of them. So I don't know if somebody sent it to them or if they were name searching themselves at the hotel that night or whatever. Um, But what did you see from those two together? Because it seems like their friendship hasn't suffered much uh, from Dassin decommitting and uh, signing up to go over to IU. No, yeah, I mean, it's disappointment being that the fact that they were both at one point committed to Ohio State, you kind of see their relationship leading a lot of the recruiting hall and all that stuff. And obviously they're both ultra-talented football players. But seeing them play together... Versus like just kind of imagining it like they were on the same team yesterday and literally those quarterbacks who played against them couldn't get anything going across the middle. The level of talent both of them have from an athletic standpoint, from a fundamental standpoint is just such high level football already. And I could say that with other players that aren't Ohio State related. There was a lot of standouts yesterday, but these two guys, uh, it, it really was. And I, yeah, I think, uh, they both tweeted at us uh, at the Buck Off Pod page. Uh, they very much love playing together. I, I don't think it was very – they were very shy about it. They trash talk together. Uh, and if anyone knows football, that's that's the true definition of brotherhood right there. And all in all, like, it, it just really was kind of a bittersweet thing to see them play together as a fan, you know, taking the Big J journalist hat off. Uh, as a fan of Ohio State, like, this – could have been one of the most elite recruiting classes for the linebacker position of all time if those two stayed together. Well, unfortunately, they are not. <laughs> I'm glad that they're still no, friends. No. Uh, but, you know. You know, Indiana got a good one, though. Yeah. I, I have to give them credit. And it was happy stance for them. But I guess, I mean, heck, I mean, he's in the Big Ten East. So it's going to be a little – He he's going to contribute immediately. Yeah. Unfortunately. Anyway, let's talk about the last guy um, from Ohio State who was who was there, and that was Kion Grays, the um, uh, four-star wide receiver from Chandler, Arizona. Uh, what did you see from him? Was he on, he was on Quinn's team, I think, or was he on a different team? Yes, okay. yeah. How did that go? How did yeah, he look? So he he was on his team. Um, Kion actually played a lot more with the other quarterbacks originally. So I think he had Malik Murphy throwing to him. I think he had a few other guys throwing to him first. Uh, I really wish I remembered the kid's name. But I remember early on, I was I was trying to figure out which one Kion was, and this guy broke free for a touchdown, and someone said, oh, that's Kion. That's Kion right there. So I'm like, okay, that's Kion. And that wasn't the first time he was done. And, you know, he's not a guy who's the most imposing receiver physically. He's not the most uh physically built he's long he's wiry he's super quick i I think the comparison i kind of reminded me of he's a very smooth operator uh he is very alave like Mm. with the way he's able to create separation and space but one thing i was a little surprised about was his ability to go over top he actually snatched a few balls that were contested yesterday that were pretty impressive and overall like his deep threat ability is something that i think Brian Hartline identified early in the recruitment for Kion. And I think uh, seeing it yesterday in person, he's fast, he's quick, he's very sudden. And he's not just a deep throw. He's running good routes. He's getting open on all levels. He's a guy who's getting in and out of cuts very effortlessly. Uh, he was actually, he, he. I mean, I was impressed with all four of them yesterday, but he was the one who surprised me the most. 
but in a positive way. That's good to hear. I mean, Brian Hartline has been tremendous in not only landing the big name uh, wide receiver recruits, but also doing a great job of, of evaluating talent that might not have been up there in recruiting rankings and then figuring out the diamonds in the rough and then helping them develop into absolute elite monsters. Um, I'm not sure how much he was involved in Chris Olave's recruitment, uh, but Chris Olave came in as a three-star guy and is now going to leave probably as um, one of the best, if not the best wide receivers in college football after this season and hopefully be a first-round draft pick into the NFL. Um, all right, Chris, any other final thoughts on any of the Ohio State guys? Anybody else you saw? Um, yeah, so Xavier and Wong was a guy I wanted oh, to talk right, about right, a little yeah, bit. He was there. Uh, he was there. He was also with CJ Hicks and Dasson McCullough. Uh, he was a very impressive. Uh, he was a guy they didn't, uh, he didn't, as a safety, if you're not getting a lot of action your way, that's usually a good sign. And he didn't have a lot of action his way. I think overall, he was just kind of. Unfortunately, he didn't get a flash a lot of the athleticism that people talk about, which I'm not mad about because he was doing such a good job in keeping receivers in front of him, not getting beat over top. Uh, I think that team was C.J. Hicks, Dassin McCollo. They gave up for sure the fewest amount of long touchdowns. If you were going to beat them, you're going to have to cut them with like 15 different plays, take a long drive to get down there. And we all know how seven on seven works. No one wants to do that. Yeah. So they forced a lot of three and outs. And I just think from top to bottom, the team with a lot of Buckeye targets, a lot of Ohio State recruits and commits did show out and show up a little bit. I think in Wonkpa is a guy uh, me and Jordan have both talked about on Buck Off. He's a guy that we really want to land just because he's really a true free safety. He's a guy who's not going to make many mistakes back there. He's kind of very sure of himself. And you saw it yesterday. He was very much a good safety net. A lot of times when throws were thrown deep, he was able to squeeze the receiver to the sideline, and they just kind of landed uh, with no problems, uh, no completions. So it really was just a day for him. But I think I came away watching him, and I'm like, you know what? That's exactly kind of what you want to see from a free safety. Yeah. Anybody else uh, stick out to you, whether they are related to uh, Ohio State or not? Yeah, I mean, we both mentioned him. Cade stuck out. Uh, what's his name? Weigman, the Texas A&M commit. He is legit for sure. Uh, he was one of those guys I was really impressed with. And, and unfortunately, I don't ever want to talk uh, negatively about a recruit, but, I, I mean, it's tough to watch some of the quarterbacks struggle a little bit. You could tell the moment might be a little big for some of them. Uh, I, I know Malik Murphy, as talented as he is, uh, he had a rough seven-on-seven -seven period. Uh, there were some corners who looked a little banged up out there. Uh, I mean, it just, I mean, it's a physical camp. Uh, there's some guys who really shined, and I, I love being a positive guy. Uh, but I, I guess my final takeaway, if we want to wrap this thing up, is that Ohio State fans should be very excited about the players who performed there yesterday. I think all of them are as good as advertised, and I think they're very passionate about being great. I think you could see the competitive fire in a lot of those recruits. And that's something you can't teach. And it was it was just an extraordinary experience being able to see all of them yeah. play before they get to, get to Ohio State. We'll wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Lands, the Dotted Line podcast. Also, Chris, 
thank you so much for jumping on here. It's been a few weeks or a month or so since we did a show together, but we're going to have so much podcasting content coming at you when football season starts. I'm sure we'll end up on a show together at some point. But if y'all are finding this episode on LandgraveHolyLand.com, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We are cranking out episodes nearly every single weekday. And believe it or not, that's going to increase when football season gets here. And they all have unique perspectives and voices that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. Also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33, and you can find me at Matt. Chris, tell people where they can find you and where they can find the Buck Off podcast. Yeah, so you can find me at Chris Rennie CFB. Uh, it's, uh, I talk about a lot of stuff on there, but mostly if you want any of the Ohio State stuff, I try to keep it on the Buck Off pod page, at Buck Off pod. Uh, make sure you're following the show for all updates on it. Uh, we are continuing to get better together, me and Jordan are. We're having a lot of fun, and we're just trying to give you guys content that makes you guys happy on your weekends because we're, we're, we, we just like to have fun talking about Ohio State football. Yeah, you guys uh, are – I knew before we put you guys together that you, you would work well together. I think it's a lot of fun to uh, hear you two guys who um, are both – football players i am not um so so to hear you guys bounce stuff off each other is really fun so everybody thanks for listening we will talk to you soon and as always go bucks